Jeff here for POD Insights, the podcast and YouTube channel. In this episode, I'll be talking about an update to Etsy's return policies for sellers and also why returns are not a great fit for the print-on-demand dropshipping business model. Does the new feature for setting a return policy by listing make sense for your shop? Stick around and let's talk about it. POD Insights, the podcast. Starting on October 31st, 2022, Etsy is offering sellers the ability to set a return policy for each individual listing in your shop, or create separate return policies and then assign a group of listings to that policy. This means you can accept returns for some listings, but not others. This updated flexibility is intended to help sellers who offer different types of products in their shop. For example, let's say you do your own heat transfer printing on apparel and you sell some designs that are personalized. You might want to offer returns on regular listings, but not on anything that's been personalized. Instead of having one returns policy that applies to your whole shop, now you can specify on any listings that require personalization that you don't accept returns for those items. So this is a win for sellers that have a shop like that. Now you've likely noticed a banner in your seller dashboard within the last week or so, if you're listening to this in September, If you go to the settings link on your seller dashboard menu and select policy settings, you'll find more information about the returns policy updates on that page. If you haven't saved your new returns policy yet, then you will also see a pretty large pop-up window explaining more about the changes. If you haven't set a return policy for your shop at all yet, now is a great time to go ahead and get that page set up for your shop. It's important to have a return policy for your shop for several reasons. First, your customers, they need to be aware of what your return policy is. I know you can make them aware through your listing descriptions or product images as well, but setting a formal shop policy also helps you stay in good standing with Etsy. It's actually an eligibility criteria for the Etsy Purchase Protection Program for sellers. So if a customer opens a case that qualifies for the program, it's important that you have your shop policies in place. This is especially true if you don't accept returns. I'll explain more about that later. The information that's on your settings page will provide most of the information that you need to either confirm your existing settings can be carried over into the new return policy settings, or make changes to the policy that applies to all your listings, or you can also create additional return policies to apply to just some of your listings. There's also an article that provides further information on Etsy's site, and I'll link to that in the blog post for this episode on podinsights.net. You can find a link also in the description of this episode on your podcast platform. So for example, if you're listening on Spotify, just expand the description of this episode and you should find a link in that description. The new functionality works more like your shipping profiles than the way policies used to be. You can actually save more than one return policy and then apply it to the listings that you want. So if you're a seller who offers some items that require personalization, like I mentioned earlier, and others that don't, then having two return policies, that makes a lot of sense. Many sellers already don't accept returns on personalized items. However, the only way to communicate that difference in your policy has been historically to just say it in your listing description or in your images rather than in your formal shop policy. Now you can have a formalized shop policy that identifies which items can be returned. This kind of feels like something that should have been available all along, but I guess better late than never. 
If you're a seller who does not accept returns for any listings in your shop, then you won't have that much that you need to do before October 31st. Just go to your policy settings page and there will be a blue section asking you to confirm that you want your existing policy applied to all listings by clicking on the publish button and you're done. The page will show you what the updated policy will look like on your listings and your shop page. And if you already had a no returns policy in place, it won't look very different. You can always come back to this page in your shop settings after October 31st to make changes to your returns and exchanges policy or to create an additional policy. Now, before we get into a deeper discussion about accepting returns and the print-on-demand business model, I do want to mention one thing about the European Union regulation that requires sellers to offer returns. I'm personally based in the U.S., and the vast majority of my sales are to customers in the U.S. I want to put the disclaimer out there that I am not an expert on these EU regulations, nor am I qualified to be giving anybody legal advice. But my understanding is that if you are a seller and you're based in an EU country, you're required to accept returns up to 14 days after delivery of an item sold online. In addition, customers who are located in an EU country can also assert this right to return even if the seller is not based in the EU. So basically, if you're located in the US like me and you sell to a customer who lives in an EU country, they can assert their right to return for up to 14 days after they receive the item, even though my business as a whole is not subject to the regulation. However, that's not the end of the story. First, I am not entirely sure that this regulation applies to print-on-demand products. Printful has actually taken the position that print-on-demand products fall under one of the exceptions to this regulation. Specifically, on their site, they say this. The right of withdrawal may not be provided for number 1. The supply of goods that are made to the consumer's specifications or are clearly personalized. And number 2. Sealed goods which were unsealed after delivery and thus aren't suitable for return due to health protection or hygiene reasons. Therefore, Printful reserves rights to refuse returns at its sole discretion. And I will include a link to this page again in the blog post for this episode. So they're saying that that first exception there, where it says the supply of goods that are made to the consumer's specifications, they're saying that applies to all print-on-demand products. Now, it clearly applies to anything that's been personalized because it comes right out and says that. But they are more broadly applying that exception to all print-on-demand products. I'm assuming under the basis that all print-on-demand products are technically made to order. Now, you could probably argue that although print-on-demand products are printed to order, the actual physical product itself in most cases is not actually made from scratch. However, a lot of all-over print items, like an all-over print sweatshirt or all-over print leggings, those are actually printed on raw fabric and then cut and sewn for each individual order. So those actually are custom-made for each customer. And I think those more clearly fall under this exception. However, we have to keep in mind, Printful may not be the world's largest corporation here, but they are a company that had $289 million in revenue in 2021. So I think it's safe to assume that they've paid to have some lawyers review this regulation before they made this decision. Again, I'm not a legal expert here. I'm not giving legal advice. I just think it's really interesting that Printful believes that this exception applies to all print-on-demand products, not just 
cut and sew all over print items. Now, I could not find a return policy specific to the EU on Printify's website, but they do have a general returns policy, and that is they don't accept returns. However, in the case of Printify, when we say they, that means they're print providers, since Printify doesn't own the fulfillment companies on the platform. So it is possible that they're just deferring to the returns policy of each provider with something like this. So regardless of what my totally non-legal and non-expert opinion is on this matter, it seems at least Printful has taken the position that print-on-demand is not subject to the EU return policy regulation for online sales. However, that doesn't mean you should ignore it, especially if you're a seller located in an EU country, because there is no guarantee that Etsy will agree with Printful's assessment of this regulation. So even if your formal Etsy shop policy is to not accept returns, I would suggest adding some context into your listings if you're a seller located in the EU and I'm assuming your account still allows you to have a policy of no returns. So in places like your descriptions and your listing images, you know, you can make it extra clear to customers that your items are made to order and that's why you don't accept returns. And you can also choose to be somewhat lenient on that policy and provide refunds if a customer is not happy with their purchase. And that way you could hopefully avoid potential claims against your shop citing that regulation. Now this is already going into strategy, so I'll go into some more detail on that in just a moment. Lastly, if you're a seller who does not live in an EU country, you can simply choose to not sell to customers who live in EU countries. You would do this by editing your shipping profiles to remove all the EU countries as well as the everywhere else option if you have it in there. On my personal shop, this is exactly what I've done. I get about 95% of my sales from the US, about 4% from Canada, Australia, and the UK, and then about 1% from everywhere else. And don't forget, the UK is no longer part of the EU. I'm actually personally not entirely sure if the UK has their own regulation that's similar, because I haven't checked on that in all honesty, but I still have the UK included in my shipping profiles and I have not had an issue with it. So I just wasn't making enough sales to any EU countries for it to really be worth worrying about, just going you know, through the extra frustration of trying to figure all this out. It just was not worth it for me, but you're gonna have to make that decision for yourself. All right, now let's talk about returns in the context of the print-on-demand business model, and then we'll talk about my strategy for returns and exchanges. Specifically, I want to point out that I am talking about returns and exchanges for the print-on-demand dropshipping business model. So we're talking about platforms like Printify and Printful. Normally, when I simply say print-on-demand, I'm referring to the print-on-demand dropshipping business model where one of those platforms handles the order fulfillment process. However, there are sellers who do their own printing and they're doing things like heat press, vinyl transfers, and things like that on apparel items, and they keep a supply of blank products on hand. So they're also doing print-on-demand. They're using the print-on-demand business model because they're making each item to order. However, this is print-on-demand without the drop-shipping part of the equation. I'm making this distinction because the implications when it comes to returns are different. If you're handling order fulfillment and inventory and shipping is already part of your business model, then you already use a specific physical address for your business, for your shipping labels. 
and you, in theory at least, can handle physical inventory if you received some finished products back as returns. Now, this may not be a perfect fit for your business model, and there certainly are expenses and logistics to consider, but in general, accepting returns is feasible. It's not out of the question. The problem for print-on-demand dropshipping sellers like me is that none of that is true. Accepting returns if print-on-demand dropshipping is your business model basically goes against the very foundation of the model itself. The print-on-demand part of the equation eliminates the need for the inventory of finished products, but the dropshipping part of the equation adds the benefit of removing the business owner from the entire order fulfillment process, and that eliminates significant barriers to entry to starting the business. Using a platform like Printify allows you to start your business on a marketplace like Etsy or on your own website without investing in printing equipment, inventory, overhead expenses, or shipping supplies. By accepting returns, you're reintroducing something that was intentionally removed, the inventory. You're basically hiring someone to do work for you, but then you're still doing the work yourself. Because returns brings back in the requirement for you to manage inventory of finished products and the logistics of return shipping. If that sounds too conceptual or philosophical, let's talk about the realities here. Right out of the gate, let's talk about the main reason why returns are terrible. Most of us sell print-on-demand apparel of some type. Now, if you don't sell apparel at all, then this reason may not apply for your shop, or at least not as strongly. But a lot of print-on-demand sellers, in addition to selling things like mugs or stickers or other accessory-type items, most of us sell things like t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, or other apparel. And apparel returns are a losing proposition because it is rare that you can actually resell the item that you get back. There is no clearance rack that you can put a returned item on at a markdown price. You sell brand new, unworn products. Once somebody has tried something on or worn it or washed it, it is definitely not a brand new, unworn item anymore. Sometimes all it takes is a try-on. And admittedly, a couple times in the past, I caved in and accepted a return rather than just giving a refund because I wanted to see if it would work out. One of those items was a sweatshirt and I will never forget it. Because when it arrived, it had the person's hair on it and an overwhelming smell of their perfume. It clearly had not been washed, but just a simple try-on resulted in it being completely unsellable. It was simply not something that anybody would want to receive, and you also cannot wash it and call it new. Now, that might be an extreme example, but accepting a return for apparel items is, in my experience, usually going to result in getting back an item that you can't do anything with. So you have to ask yourself, if you can't resell it, why do you want it back at all? Why are you or the customer going through the expense and hassle of shipping something if you have no use for it? That one reason alone is enough to convince me not to accept returns. However, that does not mean that I never give refunds. There's a big difference between not accepting returns and being a strict, unaccommodating seller. Let's play out three different scenarios and see what the outcome is for the customer and for the seller. Let's say that you have a customer who bought a t-shirt. They message you and say that they're unhappy with it. They complain about the quality and the fit. They, they say that it's just not what they expected. 
but there's no apparent defects that would warrant a reprint or a refund from your print-on-demand provider. So whatever you do, you're on your own. Scenario 1. Your shop policy is that you accept returns and you pay for return shipping. So you message the customer back and tell them that you're happy to accept the return, you're sorry that they don't like the item, and they can use the attached shipping label that you paid for. Now you would have gotten that return shipping label either directly from Etsy shipping labels or from an outside shipping provider. You also let the customer know that you'll provide the refund either when the tracking information updates or when you receive it back, it's your call on how long you want to make them wait to get their refund. In this scenario, you've made it easy for the customer and they're not paying for the return shipping. So although they'll have to wait a little bit to get the refund that they want, they'll likely be happy with the outcome. You, on the other hand, are not so happy. Not only are you losing money on the original order since you're giving a refund and not getting a refund from your print provider, but now you've also paid for the return shipping label. Not to mention, you likely are not going to be able to resell that item that you get back unless they never tried it on and it's in perfect condition, which that's just not dependable. So in this scenario, you are really unhappy. Scenario 2. Again, your policy is that you accept returns, however, you require the customer to pay for return shipping. This one adds a possible point of contention here because the customer is not likely to be thrilled at having to pay for the return shipping, but ultimately, they'll probably do it if they want their money back. And you still don't provide the refund until you confirm the item was sent back or until you've received it. Again, that's your call. So in this scenario, the customer is less happy since they've had to pay for the return shipping. However, you're slightly less unhappy because that was not an added expense for you. Now you did still lose the revenue from the original sale, so basically nobody's super happy in this scenario, but nobody is totally unhappy either. You're both kind of just meh. Scenario number three. In this last scenario, your shop policy is that you do not accept returns. However, in the case of this customer, you've identified through their message that they are quite unhappy and perhaps likely to leave you a one-star review or open a case against your shop. They're just not the kind of person to accept a we-don't-accept-returns answer and leave you alone. So you've decided that you will offer them a refund without having them return the item. You message them back and you explain that you don't accept returns because each item is made to order and there's no inventory of finished products. However, you will agree to give them a refund since they're not happy with it. You also explain that they won't be required to return the item and that they can donate it if it's still in good condition. In this scenario, you can process the refund right away since you're not waiting for a return. So ultimately, the customer is getting their refund faster. The customer is likely to be very happy with the outcome since they don't have to mess around with shipping or pay for it, and they're getting their refund quickly. Now you're still going to lose the revenue from the original sale, but that's no different than the first two scenarios. You're not paying for return shipping and you're not giving out your home address if you didn't have a business address. So let's recap. In scenario one, where you accept returns and you pay for return shipping, the customer is happy and you're really unhappy. In scenario two, where you accept returns but the customer pays for return shipping, neither you or the customer is super happy, but neither of you are super unhappy. And in scenario three, the customer is happy and you're about the same as scenario two, meaning you're, you're not loving it, but you're also not really unhappy. This is why my strategy is to not accept returns, but accommodate the customer with a refund in cases where they are upset and they seem likely to leave a negative review. 
because I think it's the best outcome for both of us. I'm minimizing my losses, I'm not giving out my home address, and the customer is getting a refund quickly without having to pay for return shipping. There's a little bit more to my personal strategy, so I'll explain that before we wrap things up. You can always offer something to the customer before going straight to a full refund, depending on the situation. The key is to pay attention to what they're telling you. If they don't seem that upset, you could try just explaining why you don't accept returns before offering a refund and just see what they say back. You could also try offering a partial refund if nothing is wrong with the item and they're just not happy with it. I've done that a few times and the customer has accepted a 50% refund, which reduced how much I lost on the order. Lots of customers will be reasonable if your policy is not to accept returns, but then you try to actually do something to help. It's the refusal to help or the turning them away that that's what people really don't like. I also want to mention exchanges specifically because I handle those requests differently. When someone asks me if they can exchange for a different size, which is the most common reason I get asked for an exchange, I again start by explaining that I don't do exchanges because everything is made to order and there's no inventory of finished products. However, in these cases, the first thing I offer is not a partial or a full refund. What I offer them is a coupon which will reduce the price of the item down to my cost so that I will not make any additional profit if they want to buy a different size. So I just do a little quick math to figure out what percentage coupon will reduce the price so that I'm making less than a dollar profit. And of course, you want to use an Etsy fee calculator to do that because you still need to cover the Etsy fees. Now you could also choose to lose a little bit of money if you really want to let them get a different size for a super low price. Let's say you want them to get another size for like 10 bucks. Depending on what your cost is, you're definitely still going to be losing at least a few dollars on that, but it is better than losing all of the revenue and profit from the original order. A little side benefit to this is that you're getting another sale in your Etsy shop on that item, so now you have two sales instead of zero. So if they accept the offer, I create a coupon code for that amount and I only assign it to that one item so they can't use it on other products. I have had customers take me up on this offer on several occasions and most importantly, nobody has ever gotten more angry with me after I offered this. I love this solution because it means I won't lose money at all unless I agree to give them a really low price and the customer still gets the size they want. They may not be super thrilled that they had to spend more money, but again, most customers will be happy that you're trying to help versus just saying, I don't take exchanges. Ultimately, this is yet another topic that you can lump together under the umbrella of the good customer service principle. Regardless of why a customer or potential customer is contacting you, if you genuinely try to offer your assistance rather than turning them away with a one or two sentence answer, you'll usually end up with a satisfied, if not overly happy, customer. It may not always earn you a five-star review, but it should definitely help you avoid getting those one-star reviews. All right, I hope this episode helped you think about your Etsy shop return policies as you review everything before the October 31st updates. Don't forget to head over to the POD Insights channel on YouTube and subscribe to be notified when new videos come out and check out podinsights.net for a full article from this episode, including links to any of the resources that I mentioned. Thank you to all listeners and viewers. I appreciate your support and your engagement. 
The next episode might be the October print-on-demand update, unless another topic comes up before then. Otherwise, it'll be the October update. So keep an eye out for that on your favorite podcast platform within the next couple of weeks. Thanks for listening.